Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. This week's program, part one of two, modern day faith activist with Reverend George Wolf and guest Mark Massey. Hello and welcome to Converging Streams. It is my pleasure today to have with us in the studio Mr. Mark Massey. Mark Massey has taught in the, in the journalism department at Ball State University for many years, but he's also been a very active freelance writer. And he recently published a book through Indiana University Press entitled, Inspired to Serve, Today's Faith Activists. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much, George. I'd, I'd like you to uh, talk about the individuals you've written about in, in the book. They're, they're fascinating, and the projects they're working on, on are, are so meaningful and important to bringing about positive change in the world today. But first, I'd just like you to uh, talk briefly about what inspired you to uh, take on this topic. Well, to start with, Inspired to Serve was motivated by individual life stories. I should backtrack and, and say that for many years I've been interested in social issues. I was a sociology major at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and I began my career in government. Uh, actually, not in journalism. But I've long been interested in how people can affect change in society. And as someone who came of age in the 60s, I was very familiar with activist causes, with the work of the Kennedy brothers, with Martin Luther King, with individuals such as the Berrigan brothers, uh, and other people who stepped forward during times of crisis to try to affect positive change in society. In this particular case, in, in the writing of Inspired to Serve, it was actually done in a series of stages. I began with a story on an activist Jesuit priest in Portland, Oregon, uh, shortly after I completed my graduate work at the University of Oregon. And from there, a number of steps uh, came into play. I met other individuals. There were referrals, some from national leaders, and others from other journalists who had been covering similar types of stories, and lo and behold, that's how the, the book was put together. Now, I noticed that everybody in your book is connected with some religious tradition, not necessarily Christian, not necessarily Jewish, but you have a, a, a Buddhist represented in your That's correct. And also a, a very important Islamic activist, isn't that correct? The premise of the book is that no one uh, religion and no one political perspective can claim dominance over an area such as social activism or faith activism. I think often in the mainstream media, people tend to perceive that an activist is of one particular political bent, and perhaps a faith-based person is of another specific uh, religious uh, inclination. What I set out to do was to look at religious perspectives and faith perspectives and how they influence people to become active in their communities, whether it's working on anti-poverty programs, whether it's working on community education, uh, housing, employment, any number of issues. And in this book, you will read about not only the Christian perspective, and within the Christian perspective, it runs the gamut from evangelical Christian to more mainstream uh, Protestant denominations, Catholic, um, but then I also wanted to include other faith perspectives. 
and I included an activist rabbi from Denver, Colorado, uh, an activist, uh, community activist, and an interfaith uh, worker, uh, a Muslim. I, actually, he's a psychiatrist in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, and also a, a person who was raised Lutheran, but who has been active in the Buddhist faith, and so I tried to incorporate a number of religious and faith perspectives in the book. Well, probably uh, one of the most familiar people is Father Roy Bourgeois. Perhaps we could start uh, with these uh, activists individually by talking a little bit about how you came in touch with him and what he's been working on. Father Roy Bourgeois would probably be the best known of all of the activists. There are 12 chapters in the book, and uh, one of those chapters profiles a couple in Boston. This book goes into great uh, depth in terms of their life stories. These are more than interviews. I spent time in what's known as immersion journalism, and so I spent a great deal of time with each of these individuals, getting to know them as people as well as activists. Um, in Roy Bourgeois' case, he has been active uh, in an organization. He founded uh, School of the Americas Watch, which is based in Columbus, Georgia, uh, near the grounds of Fort Benning. I had learned of Father Roy through the first uh, person I profiled in the book, Father Gary Smith, who was the Jesuit activist in Portland, Oregon. He had spoke about Roy Bourgeois as someone who really understands that when you're talking about faith, and I like to talk about different aspects of faith in terms of activism, there's often a leap of faith, there's the risk of faith, and there's the gift of faith. The risk of faith is if you're going to put yourself on the line, you better be willing to pay the price. And Roy Bourgeois was someone who was described to me as someone who had paid the price. He has lived through death threats. He has served prison terms for the courage of his convictions. Uh, but I hadn't met the man until he came to speak at Ball State a few years ago. Um, and actually through Jerry Waite, who uh, teaches in the anthropology department at Ball State, Father Roy Bourgeois came to Ball State. I met him and told him about the book that I was working on and would he be willing to be one of the subjects. Uh, it yes. took about a year mm -hmm. before I was able to go on site uh, for their annual vigil, which is in November. And the goal of the School of the Americas watch is to close an institution on the grounds of Fort Benning. It isn't Fort Benning. It's on the grounds of Fort Benning. And this institution has been implicated by Amnesty International, as well as by members of Congress in training death squads and police operations in Latin American countries. And so for the better part of it's going on now 15 years, Father Roy has built an organization with the goal of trying to close this institution and uh, each year they do have an annual vigil, and during the rest of the year he goes around the country giving talks to different groups. Let me just uh, add for our listeners that uh, uh, Father Roy spoke at Ball State, uh, sponsored by the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies, and this year we had uh, several students go down to the School of America's Watch, uh, several students from Ball State who were members of the uh, Peace Workers Student Activist Group. Now, the Buddhist individual that you have uh, listed in your, in your book, perhaps you could uh, tell us a little bit more from, uh, of your experience with him. Mark Gonerman is a very interesting story. He was somebody raised in a very strict Lutheran household in Minnesota. 
he, uh, when I met him, uh, he was finishing his uh, dissertation at Stanford, although he had taught at Stanford uh, in different departments for several years. He had also been an uh, uh, educator at Harvard, and he came to Buddhism while studying in Japan, and he embraced the philosophy of Buddhism, and in later life, he became much more aware of the possibility of socially engaged Buddhism. And many people almost would see that as an oxymoron. The, the common perception might be that a Buddhist is basically, for lack of a better word, kesara sara. That's not the case um, with socially engaged Buddhism. He studied Gary Snyder, who was a beat poet and also a conservation activist. And Mark Onerman ended up doing uh, approximately 500-page dissertation uh, on Gary Snyder. And that brought him into the fold of an, of an activist Buddhist philosophy. And what he's done at Stanford is he pioneered a group called the Aurora Forum. And the Aurora Forum consists of a series of community education events that's held in the Northern California area, primarily at Stanford, but he also goes to San Francisco and other communities. And the goal is to raise people's awareness of socio-political economic issues. And he's been very successful, I think, in raising uh, the consciousness uh, of people in that community. I uh, find it interesting you, you mentioned this misconception that people often have about uh, sort of the Eastern uh, religious perspective. You called it the Kesara Buddhism. Probably <laughs> mixing uh, metaphors there. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, the same misperception, I think, is about uh, people from the Hindu tradition. I know when I was in India, I noticed uh, coming out of Hindu temples, for example, there are long lines of people who are homeless but sitting outside along the side of the streets with uh, plates, and people from the temple would be serving them food because it was, a, it was an outreach to help the, the hungry. And the uh, Indian community in Muncie, uh, particularly those who uh, are from the Hindu tradition, are, are very active in supporting the uh, uh, food pantry that uh, is held at the uh, Friends Memorial Church downtown. They're uh, consistently there every uh, time it's held once a month to um, help the people in Muncie who are less fortunate. So uh, I think that that uh, activism is present, very present in uh, Buddhism and Hinduism as well as Judaism, Christianity, and, and Islam. And I think along those lines, the term activism may promote an image of uh, a very uh, assertive or aggressive, confrontational person. The other goal that I had in this book was to cut through perhaps some of these stereotypes that an activist is one type of person. There are many types of people who believe that they can do good within their communities. And that's what I try to do with this book also, is select individuals that demonstrate not only a range of faith and religious perspectives, but also individual personality types. Because I think individuals might want to do something in their own communities, might want to try to make a difference, but they might be shy, they might be a little bit timid about putting themselves out there, and they may say, well, I'm not really an activist because this is not really my, my personality type. I think when you read the book, Inspired to Serve, what you'll find are a range of stories of people, and they do represent 
a range of character, personality types, and I think that can also help people get a better grasp on what activism really is. It isn't just a, a protest march uh, or some other type of action, which typically is how the media cover uh, social activism. Right. It, it really has to do with reconciliation and also bringing about positive change in the community. I think one of the, one of the uh, uh, best quotes in the book comes from Rabbi Steve Foster, uh, who has been uh, rabbi of a Reformed uh, congregation in Denver for many years. And he quite simply said, never underestimate the good that you can do. And when you really take that to heart, I think it could apply to many, many people. You don't have to think about organizing a large rally. You don't have to think about, oh my gosh, how would I do a food drive? Or how do I get that abandoned house on the corner knocked down or perhaps a, a home, uh, a better home erected, even perhaps something that might uh, help people uh, who are poorer than I am. If you really take the belief that you can make a difference, I think that's, that's one of the best lessons that this book has for you. Well, I want to thank you for being with us today. Uh, we'll have to have you back so we can hear more about the uh, fascinating people you've written about in your book. The book is entitled Inspired to Serve, Today's Faith Activists. It is published by Indiana University Press, written by Mark Massey. And uh, the uh, phone number, if you would like the 800 number, is 800-842-6796. And the website, iupress.indiana.edu. This is George Wolfe for Converging Streams. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, interfaith fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.